Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Yeah, Gavin, I know I coin check you all the time knowing full well that you don't have a coin. That's kind of the point. I don't want to pay for the drinks. Ass. The following podcast contains... Tobacco, swear words, and... Yes, alcohol. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you call coin check on a group of nine-year-olds in your scout troop, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is episode number 314, Check a Coin with Your Witcher, where we talk about the strange and growing phenomena of challenge coins. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Are You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Seltzer Coin, the official challenge coin of the Seltzer Kings Podcast Network. Are you worried that your hard work will never be recognized? Concerned about being coinless when someone calls a coin check at the bar? Are you willing to buy a meaningless trinket for $19.95 plus tax, shipping, and handling? Then you need a seltzer coin. It seems like every Yahoo and Brocephus these days has a challenge coin in their pocket, and every doofus who thinks there's somebody is handing them out. Seltzer King's no different except that you pay for your coin. Never feel left out again just because some doofus got a hunk of metal from meeting the regional VP of marketing from Fartmart during a sales conference. Keep a seltzer coin in your pocket. Seltzer coin. The whole idea of one is not to be the one who pays for this round of drinks. Finally tonight, we are prepared to let civilians in on a military tradition and closely held secret. It's a kind of currency, not unlike what you see advertised on TV, but it's different. It's a coin with its own value and a deep meaning to those who trade them, carry them, or collect them. We get the story tonight from NBC's Roger O'Neill. The legend goes back to World War I. A downed pilot uses a medallion with his unit's insignia to show French villagers He's American. The tokens catch on, and soon soldiers are challenging each other. Show your coin or buy drinks. The challenge coin is born. I've been out of the military for twice as long as I was in the military. And all I really have to show for my time in the service is bad knees, a bad back, and a sneering disrespect for authority figures. Thank you for your service. All of my military memorabilia is in a box somewhere. The plaques and the crap they hand out to make you feel as though you did something important when mostly you just drank a lot and fucked around with your buddies. Don't get me wrong, I did some important things and I think fondishly of my time in the Air Force. It's just that it doesn't have an impact to my life some 30-odd years later after the day I enlisted. Well, that's not entirely true. There's one thing that I still do all these years after leaving. I always have my challenge coin in my wallet right where I used to carry a condom before I realized between my having an unexpected sex event and someone randomly calling a coin check at a bar, the coin check was by far the most likely. You poor sad man. Now, I only have the one challenge coin from my time in the military. I was giving others, but I gave them away or I lost them. But this one means something to me because I had to earn it. 
While stationed in South Korea in 1990, many of the squadrons on base ran their own little bars called hooches. Well, hooch is crazy. The Cobb Squadron, being one of the largest and most populated squadrons, had the largest and most popular hooch. It was always open, and it was almost always busy. It was staffed by some full-time Korean employees, but many of the base cops volunteered to work a shift, mostly because we got tips and we could drink for free when we worked that shift. And if you worked a weekend shift, which were notoriously busy, you were awarded a B-Town coin. B-Town being the nickname of the bar, which was actually called the Defender's Den, but everyone called it B-Town because the Ville off base was called A-Town. Just get to the point. Yeah, sorry, that's getting really pointless for you. You don't care. Anyway, assuming you survived working your Friday or Saturday night shift, when it was over, you were presented with the vessel, which was a gigantic-ass beer stein. And at the bottom of that beer stein was a B-Town coin. You had to chuck that entire fucking thing and catch the coin in your mouth while people chanted and whooped at you. That's how I got my coin, and it perhaps is my greatest accomplishment in the military. Of course, I... I could have just bought the coin at the bar for like five bucks, which is actually what most people did. What I hear some of you ask is, what the fuck is a challenge coin? Well, it's a large metal coin, usually stamped with a unit insignia or a mascot that's given to members of said unit to denote some kind of achievement, like, you know, drinking the entire contents of the vessel. When I was in the military, it usually involved a heroic consumption of alcohol, but not always. Simpler times. Why, I hear others of you ask, are they called challenge coin? Well, that too is pretty simple. The possessor of said coin may initiate what is called a coin check when drinking with friends or enemies or random officers at a Korean brothel by producing said coin, smacking it down on the bar, and shouting, Coin Jack! Let's, uh, let's have Roman Mars and 99% Invisible explain in detail. Jordan Haynes, a veteran of the Air Force, plays like this. If I was at a bar... Yeah, I would have the coin in my pocket, and if I felt, you know, emboldened, I would pull a coin out of my pocket, and I would, I would throw it down on the bar, or I might tap it. And maybe holler out, coin check! And all his buddies and crew members would take out their coins. We expect him to reply with their coin doing the same thing, so now you've got all this craziness going on, because people are slamming their coins down and yelling out, coin check. Coin check! And they go down the line, and each person pulls out their coin. Hopefully what happens is somebody doesn't have their coin. And if they don't have their coin, then boom. The person without their coin buys everyone a drink. But the person who does the coin check is liable for a round of drinks if everybody does have their coin. So starting the coin check is also a gamble. And not all of the branches of the military are into the drinking game. I will say that I have not seen Marines initiate that kind of game. They would certainly participate if somebody from another service did that. But those who play the game are in it to win it. During my time in the military, it was pretty much an overseas tradition. That's mostly because the service members usually drank in the same locations and usually drank on base. And the coins were far more freely distributed overseas. I remember calling a coin check at a stateside enlisted club once and having a sea of blank faces stare back at me, except for one asshole senior NCO who grinningly slapped his coin on the bar and then had my ass buy him the most fucking expensive drink in the house. Never drink with senior NCOs, kids. If you ever get a piece of advice and when you join the military, that's the one you should have. 
By the time I left the military in 97, coins were growing rapidly at stateside bases, and they were just as rapidly losing their debout status as instruments of excessive alcohol consumption. Sergeant Buzzkill once again. The very last coin I received was from my squadron commander, who hated my fucking guts, and man, the feeling was mutual. He sneeringly did the handshake and slapped a cheap-ass squadron coin in my hand on my last day instead of the usual medal presentation that's more or less just given to you for surviving your last tour of enlistment. You know what? I made sure I used that shitty coin to scratch the paint on his car late one night, several months later. By the early 2000s, challenge coins were ubiquitous in the military. Every squadron had one, every flag officer, and not a few of the lower-ranking officers had their own personal challenge coins, which is mainly there to show... Oh my god, you're an egotistical asshole! Wow, Colonel Schmuckatelli, the deputy ops group commander for Bumblefuck Air Force Base, Montana. A coin? From you? Oh, I don't deserve that. Then, this grew from military officers to bureaucrats associated with the military. So now, every junior undersecretary of defense for shitter placement policy was dropping oversized dimes in your sweaty hands when they did their 10-minute walk off the plane at the most secure airbase in whatever country we were fighting our forever war in that week. I will treasure it forever. It was our boy Bill Clinton that had the first presidential challenge coin struck in 1993. On the one side was, of course, the seal of the President of the United States. On the other side was those silhouettes of nude women you can get like on the mud flaps of your big rigs. So are you making that up? Probably, but with Bill, you can never really be sure, can you? Bill loved fucking challenge coins. He had a display of all the coins he was given in the Oval Office, which was nice, but unless he chugged the vessel after a shift at B-Town, still not impressed. Since then, every president has had their own challenge coin. Most of them were pretty much along the lines of the Clinton model, except, you know, for Trump, who had to trump it up with edges and banners that make it impossible to carry in your fucking wallet. And then he had his fucking racist little MAGA phrase slapped on it instead of something about the Constitution. Honestly, he should have had grabbed by the pussy carved in Latin on there. And these days, every fucking politician from the president down to school board member has a fucking challenge coin, and it gets worse every goddamn day. But where did this curious phenomenon of handing out fake coins begin? Let us together, you and I, discover. There are as many legends about how these stupid things got started as there are assholes pressing them into your hand at a corporate cookout. Well, we highly value your input. Back in the days of the Roman legions, a commander might press a gold coin into the hand of a soldier who performs some brave feat, or more likely, smuggle a camp follower into or out of his tent. This wasn't so much as a keepsake or meant to be used at the Legion hooch, but a way to convince other Legionnaires to do crazy shit for valuable cash and prizes. Thank you for your service. According to Wikipedia, quote, prior to actual challenge coins being minted, soldiers who acted bravely in battle would be rewarded by comrades or superiors by buying that individual a drink. Duh. They would give a soldier a coin to buy the drink, but more commonly... They would make a spectacle out of slapping it down loudly on the bar or presenting the coin in an informal group setting. Receiving a coin from an officer was generally considered to be more valuable coin and rarely presented, unquote. <laughs> Jolly good job, Smedley. Terrible tragedy about your head being blown off like that. Tell you what, take this half farthing, pop around the pub, and have a pint on behalf of the good old lieutenant. Thank you, sir, but I I I'd really like to go to the hospital and have my head put back on. 
In all my years, I only once received a coin from an officer that meant anything to me. And that was, in fact, an actual silver U.S. dollar from Lieutenant Colonel Rocky Lane in Korea. And he told me one night in B-Town that I'd done a fucking awesome job, Bledsoe, singing Dobie Gray's Drift Away at the Hooch's Karaoke Night. And I promptly spent that dollar on a fucking beer because that's why Rocky gave me the goddamn money. He gave out real coins for real beers because he knew how to lead warriors. Remember, false motivation is better than no motivation. Fucking A. More from Wikipedia, quote, Challenge coins were also known as portrait medals during the Renaissance and were often used to commemorate specific events involving royalty, nobility, or other types of well-to-do individuals. The medals would be given as gifts or awards, and people also exchanged them with friends and associates, unquote. Considering the martial abilities of most nobles, one could only assume that eight or nine hundred peasant soldiers had to die for one of these babies to be issued. Oh, Lord Reginald, this portrait medal of your victory at Chartreuse is amazing. Are those tiny piles of dead peasants in the foreground? <laughs> How saucy. The most commonly told modern story of the challenge coins comes from World War I. Got this from an article in Mental Floss, quote, Although no one is certain how challenge coins came to be, one story dates back to World War I, when a wealthy officer had bronze medallions struck with the flying squadron's insignia to give to his men. Shortly after, one of the young men, flying aces, was shot down over Germany and captured. The Germans took everything on his person except the small leather pouch he wore around his neck that happened to contain his medallion. The pilot escaped, made his way to France, but the French believed he was a spy and sentenced him to execution. In effort to prove his identity, the pilot presented the medallion, a French soldier happened to recognize the insignia, and the execution was delayed. The French confirmed his identity and sent him back to his unit, unquote. Though to be honest, most historians now think that this story... Probably bullshit. The earliest verifiable origins of the challenge coin, and this is again from Mental Floss, quote, one of the earliest challenge coins was minted by Colonel Buffalo Bill Quinn, 17th Infantry Regiment, who had them made for his men during the Korean War. The coin features a buffalo on one side as a, as a nod to its creator and the regiment's insignia on the other. A hole was drilled in the top so men could wear it around their necks instead of in a leather pouch, unquote. I guess the stories of these coins' origins sound are pretty straightforward. The military loves to fucking hand out shit like that. And they've been doing it since Ook and Mook clubbed down a warrior from the Chewed clan and snatched off his dried lion dick totem as a souvenir, only to have their chief demanded as a victory prize for the fight when his ass stood a mile away and observed. Officers and gentlemen... But the challenge part of the challenge coin is murkier still. The legend again, according to, according to Mental Floss, begins, quote, Stories say that the challenge began in Germany after World War II. Americans there took up the local tradition of conducting Finnig checks. The Finnig was the lowest denomination of coin in Germany, and if you didn't have one when a check was called, you were stuck buying the beers. This evolved from a finning to a unit's medallion, and the, men and the members would challenge each other by slamming a medallion down on the bar. If any member present didn't have his medallion, he had to buy a drink for the challenger and for anyone else who had their coin. If all the other members had their medallions, the challengers had to buy everyone drinks. Of course, again, keep in mind that we could only confirm unit medallions in the 1950s, so there's no way to know when this allegedly started in Germany, though the stories make it sound like the 1940s. But you know what? Let's not let that get in the way of a good story.
because this story sounds utterly believable and it has the right feel to it. I mean, garrison troops all suffer from tremendous boredom and finding stupid ways to pass the time, particularly stupid ways to pass the time while drinking, is part and parcel of the experience. We will never know if this is how the coin check began, but you know what? Fuck it. It's as good a story as any to go with. It was Vietnam when challenge coins as we know them today really became a thing and it was in the special forces where it is widely accepted they started. Special forces at Vietnam, not unlike today, were a different breed than a line grunt, a kid who was drafted out of high school and sent to fucking Vietnam all the time asking, why am I here? The special forces knew why they were there and they knew it was a simple reason. I wanna kill. I want, I want to kill, kill. I want, I want to see, I want to see blood and gore and guts and veins in my teeth. Eat dead, burnt bodies. I mean, kill, kill, kill. The Green Berets of Vietnam saw and did shit that would make a modern spec op operator's hair turn white. They lived in the bush and fought nut to butt. Personal and dirty with the North Vietnamese and the Viet Cong. A tradition began among those who survived a particularly brutal battle called the Bullet Club, where they carried an unspent bullet as a souvenir of a mission, and they called it the Last Resort Bullet, ostensibly meaning it was used to kill yourself to avoid capture. Dudes being dudes, that handgun bullet got bigger and nastier over time so that some of them, and I swear I am not making this up, would tote around live fucking artillery rounds at base, calling them their last resort bullet. And when a bullet check would call, they would slam a fucking artillery round on the goddamn bar. Dude, these people are insane. Yeah, have you met a fucking special forces operator? Going back to Middle Floss quote, worried that a deadly accident might occur, you think? Command banned the ordinance and replaced them with a limited edition special forces coin instead. Soon, nearly every unit had their own coin, and they started creating their own coins to memorialize particularly hard-fought engagements and gave them out to the survivors. Rule number two, remember rule number one, if you ever join the military, is never drink with senior NCOs. Rule number two, never ever drink with special operators. Fuckers are insane, and they always make you pay, and there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it because they can kill you with their fucking eyelash. Naturally, it didn't take long for regular grunts, by which I mean regular infantry troops, and particularly pogues, which is everyone else, persons other than grunts, to steal the idea, water it down, and turn it into a drinking game. That's how we do. So by the late 1980s and early 90s, it had seeped out into the general culture of the military and particularly the Air Force, which God love us, we're not grunts. We're not even really pogues. We're kind of our own fucking thing, usually involving, you know, a sauna and an air conditioner and cold beer. But goddamn, we love them fucking coins. Now, the Air Force's own special forces, our pararescue and combat controllers, who are legit spec operators in their own fucking right and could kill you with any number of fucking, I don't know, hairs or toenails or anything like that. They had their own coins, and the cops quickly started to create ours, largely in forward bases like Kunsan, South Korea, which we told ourselves we were on the tip of the spear. But honestly, we were way, 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 way down the shaft. That's exactly where we wanted to be. And I guess these days, the Air Force just gives a coin to new fucking airmen when they graduate basic goddamn training. 
Your government thanks you for your participation. By 2021, now these once niche, very military items exploded into the zeitgeist. And it seems now everyone who thinks they are someone has a coin, whether or not they are actually coin worthy or not. So you think you're sponge worthy? Yes, I think I'm sponge worthy. The president, the the secretary of defense, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the other chiefs of staff, fine. I get that. Even if you disagree with them on how they're fucking up the country, you're probably going to hang on to that coin because below that, you really got to earn your coin status. There's nothing special about being in charge of a unit, so don't be coming at me with your 51st refueling wing coin there, Colonel Whoopty fuck. <laughs> I don't even fucking want it. And if you're a politician, keep that shit to yourself. Look, I love Bernie Sanders, but I don't want a Bernie coin. Unless it features Bernie in those mittens, that would be kind of awesome. And I checked, there is no official Bernie Sanders coin. A 2011 Washington Post article summed up the craze for coins amongst the Washington, D.C. power set, saying, quote, But in recent years, many outside the military have adopted the tradition, turning a sacrosanct ritual, some say, into a form of military chic that is now a part of the Washington power game. The coin craze extends to almost every nook of the federal government. The secretaries of education, transportation, and agriculture have coins. So does the EPA administrator and even Department of Agriculture, <laughs> Department of Agriculture's Office of Information Technology. The coins have gone global. The Australian ad- ambassador has one. And corporate, Boeing has a coin. So does Starbucks. Clayton Hinchman, a former armor captain who works at the Military Officers Association of America in Alexandria, says, as for those more obscure bureaucrats, well, I don't know if it's people wanting to feel good about themselves, he said. I think it goes overboard when people view them as a collector's item. It's not. You're supposed to get them for sacrifice or meritorious service, unquote. God damn right, Captain. You get them for doing things like chugging the vessel after you after a long shift behind the bar at B-Town. And also, hey... Guess who's paying for those coins from General Half-Track, the commander of Camp Swampy? Ha, <laughs> Beetle Bailey. Why, you are, pod friends. Surely you didn't think those officers paid for those coins themselves? What is this, World War One? No, that shit is taxpayer funded. These are the 2011 numbers from the Post article. Couldn't find anything more recent. Quote, the office of the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff spent $187,500 on 37,500 coins last year, according to a spokesman. The Army doesn't appropriate funds specifically for coins, making it difficult to come up with total costs. But the headquarters of its training and doctrine command, which has 44,000 soldiers and civilians assigned to it, spent $27,000 on coins last physical year. The transportation department spent $3,320 on coins last year. And the education department spent $1,385, unquote. If you don't for one second think that the Trump administration spent anything less than a million bucks on shitty coins minted by Trump Coins Incorporated, managed by Don Jr., you're fucking fooling yourself. But what can I say? I know I sound like a cranky old veteran complaining about how good things were in the old days. And now everyone can have a challenge coin, including you, pod friends. Why today anyone and everyone can collect and dispense challenge coins for just any old reason. And I'm going to give you just a partial list of groups and individuals that have their own challenge coins that they hand out, you can collect, or purchase for a significant markup on eBay. The Lions Club. The Boy Scouts of America. 
the 501st Legion, who are Star Wars cosplayers, mind you, not actually military. Harley Davidson riders, Linux users. What do you have to do to earn a Linux user challenge coin? No, no, no wait, I, I don't want to know. Those people are freaks. The International Genetically Engineered Machine Competition. Varian Medical Systems, entertainment industries like Iron Man and the Big Bang Theory, the crew of Breaking Bad, and the donors to Mystery Science Theater 3000. Members of the American Radio Relay League, the Builders Association of Twin Cities, and St. Mary's Universities, and those are just the official license coin minted by the Topps Corporation. The same people that brought you Pokemon cards and those baseball cards you thought would be worth something in the 90s. And I haven't even mentioned the fire departments and the police. Cop shops love their fucking coins even more than the military. And now, of course, the official coins of the department are perfectly fucking banal, or at least as banal as an institution that regular, regularly murders unarmed black citizens with total impunity can be banal, but at the unofficial coins purchased by the police unions and organizations within the department tend to be a bit more honest about things. Sounds pretty racist to me. They're racist. Let's take this report from Gothamist.com from last year, quote, at least four other challenge coins listed online bearing the 67th precinct markings also feature the Fort Yaw nickname. Two of those coins also feature racist imagery, like the depiction of a black man with dreadlocks being hunted by white police officers, along with a quote from Ernest Hemingway celebrating the hunting of man. One of the examples features an image of an eagle holding a skull with dreadlocks, unquote. Or how about from Mother Jones, quote, other coins have commemorated blue flu walkouts and the riot squads, hats and bats, that responded to Baltimore's Freddie Gray protest in 2014 and the George Floyd protest in 2020. A recent, a recent coin reportedly made by former Louisville officers show nightclub-wielding cops in front of a flaming skyline of the city where protesters took to the streets after Breonna Taylor was shot to death in a botched police raid. Another coin for Border Patrol agents is embossed with a grinning skeleton pointing two smoking pistols. Another shows Trump in a Customs and Border Patrol uniform with a legend, protect the border or close the border, unquote. Stories from Kansas City, Phoenix, Long Beach, Connecticut, Louisville dot the news. And if you're curious at all and don't mind risking a sudden and intense vomit, search eBay or a coin collector site on the web and you'll find coins depicting the darkest shit we all suspect cops think and do confirmed right there cast in zinc coins handed out from cop to cop, cop to district attorney, cop to cop groupie, and then sold for a few bucks online. No one's putting those coins in the coin display cases, at least not the ones they're showing publicly. And look, I'm not making the argument that challenge coins are inherently racist. I'm making the argument that they're now pretty much fucking meaningless. If your Walmart district manager is handing out fucking challenge coins for did a great job during that inventory, Charles, how fucking special can they be? Not that inventories aren't hard, but they're not chugging the vessel. If you can get a coin for using Linux, an obscure and difficult operating system as that might be, how fucking important is that coin going to be? That's not going to fucking impress me anymore. You can just buy one of those like you used to be able to buy a Dukes of Hazard ashtray. They had it on eBay.
I don't know. Maybe there's still something in me that believes that these silly coins should mean something. And maybe they should mean good-natured camaraderie in a fucking bar. These coins are not about death or blood or power or status. They're not there to show that you're the biggest cock in the circle jerk down at Lawrence Schmarple State Farm Insurance in Deer Crotch, Iowa. They don't exist to demonstrate how evil your police jump out squad is to minorities. We've got fucking phones and body camera footage to show us that. They don't even show us that you spin a shitload of money on a stormtrooper costume. The, <laughs> the costume you're wearing clearly demonstrates that. Challenge coins should exist for one reason and one reason only, to encourage the consumption of enormous amounts of alcoholic beverages and hopefully not pay for them. And you should earn them not just by being there or, or committing an act of police brutality, but by drinking a shit ton of alcohol. All of this commodification of what was once a pure and an innocent symbol of inebriation and debauchery just saddens me. It makes me wonder if people even chug the vessel at B-Town anymore. And after a quick and depressing Google search, I've discovered that B-Town probably doesn't even exist anymore and has been replaced by a daycare center called the Little Defender's Den, where they probably get a challenge coin for going pee-pee in the potty. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That is it for our show this week. Sorry, I know this is very old man yells at cloud, but it's a story I felt needed telling before you officially start selling seltzer coins over at the merch store, seltzerking.com, and click on the shop button. Buy a pint glass with my face on it so you can experience the vague feeling of unease having my face stare back at you while drinking, just like my bartenders. Speaking of people who would rather not spend time with me, rate and review this show wherever you get your podcast so that other people can find this show and discover they would rather not spend time with you because of your questionable taste in podcast. For more hot takes like my thoughts on challenge coins, follow me on the show. Uh, follow the show on the social at the hell underscore podcast on Twitter or the show name on Facebook. All of my disreputable thoughts and feelings are documented for posterity at whatthehellpodcast.com. And as always, we're a proud member of the Seltzer Kings podcast who do not yet have a challenge going, but that only means Jeremy has figured out what a bad idea it was to run this show and is just trying to hide from us now, really. And if you're interested in maybe getting a challenge going specifically to the show, because fuck it, I've got nothing else to do besides desperately shill for your money. Go to at patreon.com slash what the hell podcast where eventually we'll get that shit up there. So for me, Dave, never start a coin check, but always finish one Bledsoe. Producer, I deserve some sort of coin or other reward for putting up with him every week. Gavin and all the fictional little defenders going pee-pee in the potty on this show, we want to say if you toss a coin at this Witcher, I'm coming right back at you with this B-Town coin. So you're fucking paying. We'll see you all next week. What the Hell Were You Thinking stars Dave Bledsoe and features Gavin St. James and several fictional minions. 
The show is produced by Kimberly Steele and a part of the Seltzer Kings Podcast Network. You can find more information on the show on their website, whatthehellpodcast.com, or on Twitter at thehell underscore podcast, or on Facebook as What The Hell Podcast. Thanks for listening. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.